I thought after the doctor told me what happened that Jay would get on the phone and say, Jeez, Laney, come and get me. I've got a goose egg the size of the world. Come take me home. Only what happened wasn't like Chaplin. Jay didn't land on his butt with his legs sticking out at chopstick angles, twitch his mustache, get up and walk away. He landed on his side and stayed there. Rather like a child sleeping, the ambulance attendant told the doctor. He was on his side, his arm draped peacefully across his chest, and he didn't wake up at the hospital, nor has he since. Now there is no ice on buildings. Now daffodils sway, uncertain in their newness. Now the hospital is going to transfer him to a nursing home. No more they can do, they told me in our little meeting this morning. Wait, I said. There has to be more. I wanted a bigger conference. One of those fancy ones where the social worker comes and tries not to let me see her looking at her watch. It's a tacky watch. You shouldn't try to make a watch look like a bracelet. One or the other. But anyway, wait, I said. And they said, Sorry, Mrs. Berman, we just can't keep him. I said nothing after that. I thought I would sit there saying nothing until they gave in and said okay. They didn't do that. They left, one by one. I saw the white coat of the neurologist flapping a bit as he walked past, the head nurse looking at notes she pulled out of her pocket. I heard the squeak of the physical therapist's new sneakers, Nikes, he'd said yesterday. He always buys Nikes. And we'd talked about the relative merits of sneakers, and I'd watched the sun play off the top of his hair while he gave Jay range of motion. That is what they call the passive exercise Jay gets here, range of motion. He can no longer jog every morning, returning on Sundays with a bag from Lessinger's Bakery that smells of warm sugar and is stained with irresistible patterns of translucence from the grease. He can't move at all. So, every day, a few times a day, someone must put each of Jay's body parts through all the movements of which they are capable. First, the thumb is bent, then straightened, then bent and straightened again, twice more. Next, each finger is done individually, then the whole hand, fingers all together. Then comes the wrist, then the elbow, and so on. They do his neck, they do his knees, they do his great toes and his little ones. Don't forget, a stranger's hand tells Jay's body, remember all that is here for you to use. So, I was watching, and I was telling the therapist I still liked Keds, but I was thinking, be careful. And I was thinking, save him. Saving was not on the agenda at the meeting. They were not really thinking of Jay. What they were thinking was, next. This left me no time to tell them that they were dismissing the man who showed up at my dorm room with his arms full of lilacs, stolen at considerable risk, and so purple the buds were black. He wore a white shirt, with the sleeves rolled up to the good place, and a heart-shaped leaf lay trapped in the hollow of his throat, as though it were planned, though, of course, it was so perfect it couldn't have been planned. He was nineteen then. Now he is thirty-five, the father of two children, who hang on his arms when he comes home, fight for the privilege of relieving him of his briefcase. Girls, Amy and Sarah, four and ten, who are beginning to yell at me because they miss their father. I go to visit him every day, and I keep trying. Jay, I say, you need to come back here now.
Please come back. Wake up. I put things in his hands for him to feel. His wallet and keys. His cotton work shirt worn to the softness of Kleenex. Baby pine cones. His daughter's drawings. The comb for my hair. A fork. I talk almost nonstop about anything. Just so that the language might stir him. Just so that something, a word, an image, might reach the deep and silent place in him that surely is waiting for the right thing, which will be tiny, I know, which will be so tiny and amaze everyone. How did you do it? They'll say, and I'll say, listen, there isn't a way. It was a normal day. I turned an afternoon movie on his television, black and white, Betty Davis. I started to tell him to pay attention. This was a good part. And he woke up. That's all. That's it. You just have to wait. You just have to believe.